Welcome to the September 13th edition of the PFF Forecast. We are officially on to week two. It's going to be a great episode. We've got, of course, our locks of the week. We're going to do a little injury roundup. We'll talk about the fact that week one was super low scoring. Offenses sucked. And whether or not that's going to happen again in week two, I'll talk some SGPs and some live betting. And I have a phenomenal way to begin the podcast. So with that, let's rock. This is my first time trying to do that all on my own. I feel like I managed to manage to get it done uh, without breaking anything, but I wasn't sure. So to prepare for this, I did have a quick uh, check-in with the Lord, and we want to begin the podcast um, with a really special video that I found just before recording this, um, a dominant performance by Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. I, for a long time, have talked about Jimmy G being the, the chosen one, the second coming, and the savior. Turns out I was wrong. I was a little early. Never wrong, just early. I'm um, going to play the clip, and uh, and you guys can uh, can enjoy it here. How have you seen your faith grow from freshman year when you come in as an 18-year-old kid to you know, going into senior year? Yeah, I mean, when I first got to Iowa State, you know, I had a relationship with the Lord and everything, and um, I feel like just being a quarterback and going through all the things that I have um, in a college town with, you know, a lot of temptation and things coming my way as, you know, the quarterback in the face of a football program. Um, and so I, I think I've matured in that area, you know, leaning on the Lord. You know, I'm not going to do this my way or what the world wants me to do rather than, you know, I'm going to go what the Lord calls me to do. And I'm going to do it out of love, um, you know, and, and, and everything that he has to offer is what I'm going to do. And so I feel like that's how I've matured at my time at Iowa State through the Lord. How crucial has that been, being able to share it with guys like Rory, other teammates on the team, and, and have that presence? Yeah, I feel like our relationships are able to, you know, grow stronger and stronger um, when we talk about the Lord. And, um, you know, for me, it helps me connect to anybody from any kind of background. It doesn't matter where they're from. And so um, I feel like the bottom. What I would like to point out is that he is listening very closely to Kyle Shanahan. Incredible work listening closely to Kyle Shanahan doing what Kyle Shanahan tells him to do, operating it uh, to perfection. So are you guys uh, are you guys in on my guy Brock now after seeing that? I knew you were a little uh, skeptical, Brad, but I don't know. I feel like you got to be in now. Yeah, he was throwing up prayers uh, all week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A couple beautiful prayers to Brandon Ayuk, obviously, uh, and then did have three turnover-worthy plays. But, hey, the Lord was on his side. None of those were interceptions. So how can you not be buying Brock? Judah, I'm, I'm, you, don't, you don't care? You're speechless? I'm speechless. I mean, that that has left me completely speechless. Uh, I, how could it not, quite frankly? There, there's so much, I'm just glad he's overcome his temptations, throwing to, throwing to defenders. You know, he's, he's seemingly got it on, on track now. Uh, and I will say, I've never left. I've never left the Brock Purdy train. And I was... I was Three turnover-worthy plays we've won, I think. Uh, and the Lord protected him from every single one. It's the journey, exactly. That's the point. Yep. He also last year high turnover worthy play rate, low interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's got something on his side. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, this is a football podcast. We will talk about football uh, and betting as well. For those of you that are new or listening for the first time, joining us for this season, welcome. Uh, for longtime members of the printing press, we appreciate you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we are going to be going live uh, every single uh, episode this year. So we go live on Sunday night, right after Sunday Night Football, or in the case of last Sunday, during the fourth quarter because the game was already over. Uh, and there we talk about uh, the upcoming week. We guess the lines. Uh, it's a lot of fun. But on Wednesdays now, we'll be going live as well um, because we like StreamYard. It's easier to use and uh, gives you an opportunity to come hang out, interact with us uh, as things are going. So please feel free to drop some stuff in the comments. We will read them and, uh, and talk about it. Um, let's, let's start here, fellas, because week one uh, was pretty darn uh, awful in terms of offense. And um, I actually have uh, a, a great chart here um, to show you guys with this. Uh, and it's something we're going to be doing as we go through this, uh, which is to look at um, some visuals here. So uh, you can see this is how NFL offenses convert a new series uh, to a new series, a new set of downs is from uh, Timo Riske and uh, PFF underscore Moo if you do not already follow him. And uh, so this is showing you the percentage of the time that each team is converting to the new set of downs on a given down. So basically what this says is that Miami Dolphins are converting to a new set of downs 37% of the time on first down, which is insane. It obviously led the league. Um, second down, third down, fourth down, and the times that they do not convert um, to a new series of downs. And what I think is interesting about this is that the NFL average, there are only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that were actually above average in terms of converting to a new set of downs. And you can see very few teams that were above average on first down, very few teams that are above average on second down, big chunk of teams that managed to get there on third down, which we know is a little bit more fluky. Um, so I, my question to you guys, start with you, Judah, is, you know, are you buying this as something that is systemic to this season or is this a bunch of noise and um, we should revert to the mean? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a bunch of I, don't, I think this level uh, and like the fact that we have so many of these teams, like teams like the Bengals uh, and the Bills, uh, even the Jaguars. Uh, I don't think those teams are going to, to stay this low, but I do actually think this is a trend. Uh, what I would point to number one is that like we have a lot of rookie quarterbacks who I don't think would be starting in past seasons. Like how many times have we said like Jameis Winston would be better than like 10 to 15 starters on a team? That's because like they're not giving Jameis Winston uh, a, a turn. It's like we're, we're going to stick with the Anthony Richardsons, the Bryce Youngs, the CJ Strouds. I'd also say like we've effectively have like with the exception of our, our guy Purdy and uh, actually Trevor Lawrence, we haven't really had a great quarterback come out of the last three drafts or at least one who's like really going to produce. And like how many times have we talked about the biggest cheat code uh, for a team is like having a good quarterback on a rookie deal. And like the last three draft classes haven't really produced that, right? We just saw Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett. These guys get destroyed. Uh, obviously Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, disasters. And the 2022-2023 rookies, while maybe promising down the line, certainly are not there in years uh, in, in year one. And like, this is exactly the spot where you'd see an Andy Dalton starting for the Panthers, you know, Garner Minshew starting for the Colts. And I think that raises the expectation, uh, at least if we were to play this out in past seasons, uh, I'd be skeptical of these guys like having good offenses. 
I think that's a great point, and I actually think it is systemic for two other points. Uh, that's probably the main one. Obviously, quarterback play is going to dictate something like this to the largest degree, but I also think, and look, Josh Allen showed it better than anybody else, but in today's NFL now, defense are going to sit back. They're not going to let you hit the explosive passes, and there are some quarterbacks like a Josh Allen going up against Zach Wilson who are still, I guess, just incapable of checking the ball down and not trying to hit a home run on every single drop back, even though it's literally all he needed to do to win a football game. I mean, we talked about you know Patrick Mahomes last year, super low average depth of target. Uh, wasn't it like 40 of his touchdowns were thrown like five yards yeah. beyond the line of scrimmage or less? Like a bunch of crazy stats there. So that's one. And then I'll, I'll plug here. Uh, I actually talked with an NFL interior offensive lineman about a second thing I think is mattering a ton here is the interior defender – position is continuing to get better and better and better at rushing the passer we're getting Jalen Carter coming in having eight pressures in his first NFL game obviously it's an outlier scenario but and the interior offensive linemen I think are not able right now to keep up with the growth of that unit the Aaron Donalds and all those guys have changed the NML fundamentally and NFL fundamentally and I think we need the counter punch from guards and centers we haven't gotten there yet that's really interesting so the idea would be that uh, the the guard who has been long forgotten as an important part of the NFL offense, and, and we did this um, way back when we were developing PFF War, you know, like the least valuable positions on the field, what are they, right? We really talked about running backs a bunch, but guards, you know, generally don't show up. Uh, you know, that, that outside pressure has long been um, understood mathematically to be more valuable than generating pressure from the interior, even though I think that's counterintuitive to some people. Um, but generally, it, it is uh, it is true. Um, that's really interesting. So are you guys approaching this week then, given that you think it's systemic in a different way? Like, are we looking at some of these bigger spreads and going, well, if, if scoring isn't going to be up, um, is it a team-by-team team thing? Um, is it a total set? Like, how are you guys approaching it? given that you think it is systemic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a team by team thing. And even if you're looking at the totals, we're seeing tons of totals starting with threes uh, that it's almost like the market has definitely adjusted to the like full extent. I'm not exactly sure, but again, I wouldn't necessarily think that like week one was really, really, really low. Uh, it was the lowest week one in like in terms of EPA uh, in the last 24 years, success rate, basically any efficiency metric you'll look at. It was, it was really bad. Uh, I think it's it's a team by team sort of thing, and uh, uh, again, I think a lot of it has to do with the with the quarterbacks, and especially like one point I didn't make, which I, I think is actually worthwhile, is like we also have two of the biggest quarterback contracts in Deshaun Watson and and uh, Russell Wilson on like bad offenses right now, and like I, I'm I'm starting to think Lamar Jackson is headed towards the same path. Uh, maybe that's a discussion for for another time. A little bit of a of a hot take, um, but I think that's like kind of exactly the point, which is like you got to take it on a on a game by game basis and if anything it's it's also a, an angle for live betting of like uh are we pricing in let's say comebacks at the same rate as we have in the past uh kind of not necessarily adjusting to the quarterback plays stuff like picking those spots in particular situations especially like obvious passing downs like anticipating and trying to time the market basically saying like if the market is taking a macro view and saying like we expect the base rate of success for quarterbacks to be x and really it's y because quarterbacks aren't that good that's something to take advantage of 
Yep, I have the same answer. Again, kind of maybe for different reasons. I think to a degree you don't want to overreact. We always, every year, and again, this is an outlier, but talk about, oh, the defenses are ahead of the offense early. I think more and more in the preseason we see fewer and fewer teams actually play their offensive players. Uh, you know, So for some reasons maybe we'll have a bounce back. The weather was pretty bad in week one too, although it actually wasn't as bad as I think it was made out to be in some spots. But um, definitely pick your spots though, for sure. I, I think – you know, if you know there's a team maybe that is going to play a bunch of man coverage, maybe you can pick a spot there based on the opponent. If you know a team's going to sit back in soft zone, but you know the offense is going to be able to efficiently attack that, uh, you know, cough, cough, Green Bay against Chicago, you know, a couple others, like then there are, there are ways to kind of weaponize maybe the lower totals. But, I mean, hey, George, the one under we gave out on Sunday, part of our write-up was 42.5 on Sunday night. It's down a full field goal. Uh, that is Cleveland at Pittsburgh is now 39 and a half. So we kind of already have taken advantage of one of those spots this week. Yeah. And to your point, Judah, so a bunch of totals that have moved down even more. So Jets Cowboys is interesting, right? Cowboys have moved out to nine. The totals moved down nearly four points. Um, you got Broncos commanders uh, with three giants Cardinals with a three as well. Um, Colts Texans now in the thirties. Saints, Panthers in the 30s, Brown Steelers, as you mentioned. Um, a lot of, I mean, this game is basically there. Um, Bears, Bucks, like the quarterback play is is really the thing here. And, and Brad, your point about interior uh, defensive linemen, I hadn't really thought of, but just looking at quarterback play, I mean, it's poor. Um, you think about the second year quarterbacks, the third year quarterbacks, how many of them are, are playing well? Justin Fields, um, you know, I hate, to, I hate to kind of bury the guy, on plays where he had two plus open receivers had an average depth of target of, of 3.9 and a 50 PFF grade. So, you know, aside from Tua and, and Lawrence, you really don't have any young guys that are lighting the world on fire. You've got a lot of old guys who have retired. You have Aaron Rodgers, who obviously is being replaced by now, probably the worst quarterback, you know, in the NFL, all of those things matter. Um, but the thing that I am curious about is some of these quarterbacks I expect to regress positively, right? So I expect Joe Burrow to regress positively. I expect Josh Allen was over four with two or three interceptions, throwing 20 plus yards downfield. I expect him to regress positively. Um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense should have been better. I expect drops to not be super stable and that to regress positively. So I do think there is some regression. I think Jalen Hurts, right? We talked about him and, and the Eagles. Um, not performing super well against the Patriots. I expect them to regress positively against the Vikings. So I do think it evens out a little bit. My take is it's more a spot-by-spot -spot basis. When you have these really poor quarterbacks, don't expect them to play well. And I think to your point, Brad, we should be looking at the interior and identifying some of those mismatches and betting with you know, or against, uh, sorry, with them, I, I should say, uh, and against teams that have really big issues uh, in that spot. I think that's a hard place probably for the market to handicap. I mean, PFF grades are something that you can buy, but I'm not sure that everyone is totally taking that into advantage, uh, into consideration with their models or when they're, uh, when they're pricing a lot. Yeah, I mean, just one example, tomorrow night's game still has a total of 49, and obviously these are good offenses, but because of interior pressure last year, Kirk Cousins, what, he had three interceptions in that game or maybe only threw two but could have thrown five. Uh, you know, I think Darius Slay was his number one targeted player when the Eagles played the, the Vikings last year. So, you know, I think that total, I'm not saying I'm going to bet it or anything, but a uh, pretty high number for a quick turnaround Thursday night game um, with a massive mismatch between the Eagles interior and the Vikings interior offensive line. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that game here in a second. Um, before we do, uh, let's get to um, uh, a little injury roundup here. So uh, there are a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries in that game coming up in uh, in Philadelphia. Maybe that's a good place to start, Brad. But let's kind of canvas here the big injuries, maybe the ones that we don't totally know about. For example, I saw Devontae Adams did not practice uh, today. But let's let's start with the, the Eagles-Vikings because there are a bunch of injuries there um, and kind of go through. So ties right into the point I was just making. On the Minnesota side, the biggest absence is going to be center Garrett Bradbury, not going to play in this game, you know, which is another reason why you know I bring that up. Not that he's a good pass protector himself, but a solid starter, a decent player. I think it only gets worse without him. Um, Ed Ingram, their right guard, is struggling uh, on the struggle bus as a pass protector. So uh, that's really all it is for Minnesota. Eagles have a longer list. Uh, James Bradbury, the number two corner on the outside. N'Kobe Dean, the off-ball linebacker. Are the bigger names for them there? Uh, those guys are going to be out, which maybe does help, you know, this Minnesota offense a little bit. Um, but as we know, I mean, Philadelphia doesn't really spend a whole lot over the middle. They care about, you know, I mean, the corner, yes, but uh, but they care about the defensive line. So that's the biggest news for Thursday. We can save the other names for later. It's a long list uh, of other injuries across the NFL. Yeah, it, it's it's bad. Um, the do you know anything about the Adams thing? That surprised me. I didn't know that he was hurt. Just saw today, yeah, didn't practice. What was it, a toe, I want to say it was? Um, I do not know why, but he's a veteran. I could see him getting veteran days. Yeah, Judah, Judah, yeah. Judah feels the same. I was going to say, I think it's got to be a veteran day. I mean, his prop is also still up. Uh, so that would that would seem to – not that they can't get that wrong, but that would seem to indicate he's going to play. I, I, I just assume, like, veteran of his caliber, like, Wednesday not practicing, not really a big deal. Uh, like, if he's not practicing tomorrow, like, that's definitely a red flag. That makes sense. What about Christian Watson? Is he going to be back? So I don't think so. So I mentioned, I think, was it Sunday, how, you know, I was listening to some doctor on the radio talk about if he doesn't practice Tuesday, Wednesday, he's probably not playing. He has not practiced on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's a hamstring. They're playing Atlanta. Uh, I'm, I, it's probably smart to not not play him in that game. And then the, the Patriots also got pretty banged up, yeah? Yeah, so um, what was it Devontae Parker didn't play, but I, I don't know if he's going to play again. Uh, they have a, their entire offensive line uh, ha- is dealing with an injury of some capacity. Who, who knows who plays and who doesn't, but every single starter was on the injury report today. Yeah, that's not, uh, that's not great. Now, the Dolphins, can they take advantage of that? I think that's going to be very interesting. Mac Jones, um, not exactly the best scrambler in the world, so I'm not sure how uh, stable I think his performance is going to be under pressure, by the way. I'm citing a great piece that Judah wrote. You can find it on pff.com, evaluating um, true scrambling and how stable it is and how it kind of helps you understand the quarterback landscape and and traits that quarterbacks have that actually carry through uh, into their performance. Uh, The last question I had for you, Brad, around um, uh, injuries is our Seahawks. People will remember that on Sunday, we we decided we were going to back the Seahawks against uh, the Detroit Lions. Um, it appears the Seahawks have some issues. They certainly do. Uh, both starting tackles. I'd be surprised if either guy goes in this game, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. Uh, they said today that both guys are hurt, and it'd be, it'd be a shock if they play. I think also a signal there is they signed 41-year-old vet, the legend Jason Peters, who, look, obviously he's coming in after getting signed this week, but last year in August he was on a fishing boat Hopped off, got a phone call, stepped in, and had like a seventy-one grade. Like the guy is the guy is timeless. Um, but yeah, obviously it has to get up to speed pretty quickly. Not a great situation in Seattle with those tackles. It's not, 
not ideal. Um, okay, we're gonna do some uh, same game parlays uh, before we do. Um, this is my annual reminder, or not annual, weekly reminder. I guess it's gonna be every single podcast, so bi-weekly reminder, um, about AG1 and keeping yourself in good shape uh, on the inside and the outside. Uh, Athletic Greens, now called AG1, um, is a great way to get all of the supplements that you need to stay healthy and happy and regular and all the things that you need to uh, make sure you don't have to worry about your nutrition on a daily basis uh, and do so pretty cheaply. It's like less than $3 a day. Um, and it's super convenient whether you're traveling um, like me, uh, a decent amount, you can take those travel packs with you, not worry about what you're going to eat on the road um, and, and get yourself some, some nutrients while you're at it. Uh, it also, like most of these things, generally don't taste very good. It doesn't taste like it's not reprehensible. You can definitely get through it uh, and drink it, um, especially if you have the grit uh, of the, uh, you know, of a, of a Dan Campbell like we do here. Um, so highly recommend it. You can go find it at drinkag1.com slash PFF and get yourself a one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash PFF and notice that I wasn't going to lie to you. So I didn't tell you that it tasted amazing. Like it doesn't taste amazing in my opinion, but it's definitely worth it. The benefits far outweigh the fact that you have to like suck up, not drinking like the most amazing tasting sugar filled garbage. Um, and quite frankly, you should be skeptical of anything that does taste really, really good. That also claims to be super healthy. Like how many things do you know, guys that are super healthy for you and taste like amazing? Eh, those don't exist. So drinkage1.com slash PFF. Uh, get yourself healthy and happy. Speaking of healthy and happy, SGPs. We were very close, Judah, uh, this past weekend. For anyone that has followed along um, over time, if you've read Judah's work, you know that it's been very, very profitable. Last year, 81% ROI, and that doesn't even include the absurd like 250 to 1 um, SGP that you did hit. The one that you almost hit was off by like a single rush yard. So you are the master. Um, if you do not uh, kind of understand Judah's uh, process, go listen to our last podcast. We talked about it a little bit uh, and you'll catch on pretty quickly. Um, but let's talk SGPs for week two. You're in the lab cooking some up. This is the place to hear about, uh, about them before you publish them on pff.com. Um, so give it to us. What do you think an SGP was this week? Well, I, I'll first add like the exact SGP that I gave out last week. A couple of them were very, very close to hitting uh, but did not, but this is exactly the, to actually give the angle itself, uh, and let kind of the, the better decide just how comfortable they're willing to, you know, expose themselves. Like if you took Derek Carr 300 yards instead of 325, and like, that's the same angle, uh, that's something that would cash, you know, Brandon, Ayuk, uh, we hit on that part. We hit on the Niners part, not necessarily on the full passing yards, but all of which is to say, like, it's the angle that's kind of creating a lot of the value, uh, and, and. I think it's not just the actual pro themselves. So I hope those hit uh, and I hope those are as profitable as last year. Uh, so a couple of spots I'm eyeing. And of course this comes with the caveat that uh, we don't have full, full prices yet. Uh, I tend to, to build my SGPs on FanDuel and now, now points bet uh, just because they are the most uh, valuable I have found. Um, and those are not available, but some spots I'm looking to attack. Uh, I'm going to start with Washington. Uh, against the uh, the Broncos, more specifically Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson. What I learned from from Sam Howell is that he is going to be an absolute variance machine, right? We're going to have games of like seven sacks, uh, just like chucking the ball downfield, a bunch of yards. His A dot was not very high. I think that was a product of 
uh, playing against the Cardinals and doing exactly the opposite of what uh, Josh Allen uh, did uh, against the uh, against the Jets, which is just like, okay, if we just check this ball down, basically let our defense do its thing, we'll, we'll pull out this win. Um, but the angle here is that I think Sam, Dow- Sam Howell is going to have one of the higher dots. Uh, the Pat Sertan should be matched up with Terry McLaurin. Uh, I expect that to kind of filter targets to Dotson, who already has a very high target share. If you look at this defense and, and look at, especially on the defensive line, it's not exactly so imposing. And I think Sam Howell is going to run himself into some sacks, which will kill drives. Uh, but I don't think this is a particularly good pass rush. Uh, and I just expect him to, we're going to get extremely low prices, probably still baking in the Broncos defense of past years, which was really good. Uh, I don't see that continuing. We talked about that last week with, with Vegas and why I was on Vegas. Uh, and I think this matchup sets up very, very well, especially considering the price uh, where Sam Howell is going to be looking to Jahan Dotson a lot, uh, especially if the Denver offense is not particularly good. This can mean a bunch of plays. Uh, and I see this as when a guy's priced at, you know, 200 yards and he has a tendency to throw the ball 25 yards downfield. If you hit on a couple of those deep shots, you can really fly over uh, those totals. And especially I think that Dotson's going to be the number one target with, with Sertan locking down. Uh, Terry McLaurin and and there's I mean we just saw that was the worst coverage uh, corner we had graded last week that Dotson will be running his routes against to your point the Broncos played the uh, Las Vegas Raiders last week Jimmy G he's a miracle worker but he's not exactly fleet of foot these are the percentage of um, times that teams did uh, either uh, made a target scramble throw away sack or batted pass against pressure You'll notice that the Raiders got a throw off every single time against pressure. He was only pressured on four dropbacks uh, as well. So the Denver Broncos defense, to your point, not exactly super intimidating. Jimmy G was able to carve them, carve them up um, and, and do so while Sertan, to your point, basically shadowed uh, Devontae Adams and was able to attack to the second receiver, which was Jacoby Myers. And until he got that just horrible hit on him, he was dicing him up. I think you could argue Jahan Dotson, um, definitely a better deep threat, um, and Howell more likely to take some chances against that defense than than Jimmy G is. So um, I personally really, really, really like that, um, and uh, and I'm a big fan of uh, of the Howell to Dotson combo. Yeah. So next one, you got next any others? up, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with two. A little bit maybe chalky, but I. It's interesting. Sometimes I like a particular angle, like on a player, like we're just talking about right now. And sometimes it's like, I like the bet and then I just kind of play it out. And I'm like, hmm, why do I like this bet? Uh, and that's going to be the Cincinnati passing attack and the Miami passing attack. Uh, Cincinnati, I think it's it's a two-sided play here. The market's downgrading the Bengals offense after last year. I would say like this was firmly in the range of outcomes. We've seen Burrow do this, like especially in week one, you know, not having played in the preseason, not having practice in the offseason, like there's going to be some rust. I'm willing to accept that. Uh, like, he's just going to, I mean, I have a much bigger sample of Joe Burrow being really, really good than I do of like this one game clunker. It's not as if this is like a, a trend that's been developing over the past bunch of years. Uh, I also really, really want to fade this Ravens defense. I mean, we've talked about the defensive line, but Dafa Owe had a great game last Sunday, but like he hasn't been anything over the last couple of years. And even still, like, this pass rush is dreadful. And especially with Joe Burrow, who, you know, his Achilles heel is taking uh, too many sacks and, and on those structured plays, uh, whether it's his fault or the offensive line's fault, I don't think that's particularly an issue against the Ravens. Uh, and if you just look at the secondary, it's dreadful. It's really, really dreadful. 
Uh, and like when you have when you have guys like Chase and Higgins, uh, also the the, the Bengals are, are kind of fighting for uh, you know division divisional hopes, which is kind of crazy to say in week two. But if you if you go down, you know, zero and two in in this AFC North, uh, that's that's kind of a, a death wish for your chances of winning the division. They're gonna have a ton of urgency, uh, which is kind of irrelevant to the main pieces here, which is that like. I want to be betting on Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins when the market is discounting them, uh, especially in a matchup where the Ravens, I do not think, are priced to uh, the caliber of their actual talent. I think it's a lot of reputation. This is a bet I like, and I really, really like them just like absolutely exploding in the passing game. Uh, a Burrow 350-yard type of day with uh, Chase and Higgins both kind of eclipsing some uh, high yardage totals and going well above their, their totals. I, I really, really like the... Bengals to just kind of, or the angle of the Bengals just completely blowing the doors off the Ravens. The uh, interesting thing about this is, so last year, actually, the the Ravens did a very good job against Burrow in both matchups, but that is a different Ravens team, right? Different defensive coordinator, um, you know, not not uh, not having Marlon Humphrey, not having Marcus Peters, so there's like big difference there and, and look at that defensive line i mean they're not anything to be scared of what happened against the browns that made it so hard for joe burrow miles garrett was doing crossovers in front of the offensive line and then soundly beating them so like that that there's no miles garrett uh on the screen right now um and i think t higgins was still i mean he he peppered him with targets he just didn't catch it um so i i think it is a good spot you'll probably hear a bunch of people reference those games last year um, as some sort of trend. In reality, it's just a bunch of baloney. Yeah. I also, I realized I, I teased one of them. I didn't actually give the, uh, the play with Miami and New England. Uh, I'm hearing, I'm certainly hearing a lot. I, I wonder just how much this is baked in of like, oh, Bill Belichick this, Bill Belichick that. And I think it's a crazy overreaction to last year, to, to last week, which is like the Patriots pass rush is really good. That's the strength of their defense, right? That matters a lot more, and this gets to the point of the, the quarterback scrambling article almost that like they beat the Eagles offensive line, which I did not anticipate happening. But that is that that is more meaningful when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who takes three and a half seconds to throw the ball. Right, the pass rush matters more. Tua Tagovailoa is throwing 13 yards deep. That is eight. That was 12.8 last week uh, in two and a half seconds. That mitigates the effects of a pass rush. If you can't even generate a quick pressure because the ball's already out. I don't really care how good your pass rush is. And that like Teron Armstead's down doesn't really matter uh, because two is getting the getting rid of the ball so quick and getting it so far downfield. Add in the fact that we have a classic case of a, you know, I don't know if Bill Belichick's going to play man. I think that would be a disastrous idea if he does, but this is the highest man team uh, certainly in week one. Uh, and they've been a high man team for, for a bunch of years now. Christian Gonzalez was uh, in mine and Arjun's metric, the worst cornerback, believe it or not. Uh, in week one and like if you've got five to seven snaps against Tyreek Hill uh, in man coverage that it's just it's a death wish it's a it's an absolute death wish I don't think the Patriots defense is as good as you know the the tape they put on I thought that was matchup dependent I really really like the Dolphins to just keep going at some point we're going to have to accept that to a tongue of Iloa with Mike McDaniel Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle this is an elite offense like how many how many games are we gonna have to put together before we're like oh they're really really elite I mean it's I. It's so long as there's some question, I'm gonna be buying. Yeah, is Waddle um is Waddle healthy? Not fully. Uh, questionable with an oblique. He's gonna play. I think it's the same core muscle he's been dealing with. Uh, but yeah, I think he was limited in practice today. Not not fully healthy, but I think he's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be good. No Mostert apparently. This is the biggest shock of 
the entire world that Raheem Mostert is hurt, which means it's our guy Devin A chain season. Uh, it's always A chain season. It just hasn't started yet. Never wrong, just early, just like you said. By the way, the to the Ravens' point, I watched that game super, super closely. I never felt good about the Ravens, offense or defense. Um, and like they actually didn't do terribly from a perfectly covered play perspective. But like CJ Stroud and and, um, and that offense, they were able to find some pockets in there. They couldn't really finish. But um, again, I, I I think if you're giving up anything to CJ Stroud and the Texans, it's probably not. Uh, yeah, not. I'll just add there like the research on the perfectly covered stuff, the most, the most influential part of perfect coverage is actually the offense that you're facing and not the defense, yep. right? Like you're going to have a really good perfect, perfectly covered rate. If your offenses you're playing are just bad. I think that's the perfect example. And, and to the pass rush point real quickly, you know, cause a couple guys did okay. Uh, the left guard, they traded for two weeks before the game. The center was a rookie sixth rounder and the right tackle they signed two weeks before the game. And the Ravens still didn't dominate up front. Yeah. No, it's a good point. The one thing that's interesting is so the Bengals, the Bengals um, had a, a forced a non-perfectly covered play at the lowest rate. Um, it, sorry, um, what am I looking at here? The offense faced a perfectly covered play. This is what I'm trying to say at the highest rate. In other words, they they were unable to get people open um, most most frequently of any team, and. It's interesting because certainly T. Higgins is more of a contested catch guy, but Jamar Chase can create separation. Tyler Boyd can create separation. Um, it, it's really going to be interesting, and I, I think we talked about this as well. Like the Browns are an, a very underrated, defensively talented team, certainly. Um, and I think it'll be very interesting this week as we as we talk about the Steelers, who were unable to do much of anything against the 49ers and what they could potentially do against the Browns. So I think of a lot of similarities. Uh, honestly, to the uh, uh, to, to the 49ers, uh, especially up front. Um, okay, we're going to do uh, some live game uh, betting angles here in just a second. Um, but before we do, DraftKings football is certainly back, even if the offense is not yet. And uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. When you sign up with the promo code PFF, so download the app now, use code PFF when you sign up, and you will get that $200 instantly in bonus bets. Um, we're going to talk about some of our favorites. We've already talked about some same-game uh, parlays that we like. We'll obviously, get through um, most of the games as well and identify our favorite bets, both for tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday. Um, so go download the app, use promo code PFF, and get those $200 instantly in bonus bets when you use that promo code. Here we go. It is time for the longest disclaimer in all of ad read history. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Uh, in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms uh, and eligibility, uh, responsible gambling resources as well. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I kept trying to work in a Zach Wilson joke. It turned out that everyone could have been a Zach Wilson joke. 
Um, I managed not to do that. I, I'll rebound and, and bring that on Sunday, um, and we'll get some uh, some Zach Wilson in there. But uh, yeah, go to DraftKings. All right, live game uh, betting. We talked about this last week. Some of the angles that we liked. Um, Judo, why don't we start with you, uh, and then we'll go to Brad. Um, some live game angles that we're liking uh, going into week two. Yeah, I think this is an interesting part of the season where we're like kind of balancing like our offseason priors and also like what we've actually seen on the field. And obviously it's a small sample and you don't want to read too much into it. So I don't want to be betting necessarily on the Raiders and the Bills before the game starts. But if I start to see a little more of the of the same of like, okay, the Bills really aren't as good as I thought they were and the Raiders offense maybe isn't you know as bad and they're actually kind of good to mediocre. Uh that's something if the book is still hanging this nine and a half, it's assuming that the bills are really, really good and the, Ra- and the Raiders are really, really bad. And if you got to get a game script and it's just kind of like calibrating to that initial line that they put out, like I'm going to want to be back in the Raiders. Uh, I think the same thing with the Niners and Rams, which is like the Rams are probably the most surprising team to me. Uh, I thought I, I did not see that game happening. I did not see the, the Rams was capable of putting up, you know, high 20 points, especially in a week where everyone else really struggled. If they're doing that again, and the book and, and the books are still pricing in, you know, eight points, eight and a half points. I'm going to want to bet the Rams live because they're obviously better than that. Uh, conversely, like I'm happy to sell if I see that, like, OK, the Rams are that was just a one game fluke sort of thing. And actually just kind of uh, buying and seeing what is actually happening and paying maybe a little bit for more information, I think, is especially worthwhile in week two. Uh, those are a couple of spots I'm looking at. I'm sure I'm sure there are more, uh, you know, for, for those looking to kind of balance their offseason priors with what they're seeing. But this is the perfect time to kind of uh, test that uh, and, and buy, buy a little bit of, uh, you know, information and maybe you'll lose a couple points of value, but it's worth it for, for actually understanding uh, and getting more information. So Judah, I wanted to ask you a question about one of those games you just touched on or one of the teams uh, in the Buffalo bills. So I, I think at this point we've realized that ignoring how good they are, whatever Josh Allen's aggressiveness is basically situation agnostic. Like he doesn't, he's incapable of, Hey, you're playing against Zach Wilson. You have a touchdown lead just move the ball down the field and kick field goals uh, and you'll probably win games. So with that said, like if they have, let's say a small lead, do you view that as, okay, well it might, it, it might extend to a larger lead because Allen's still going to be super aggressive or maybe you can get some value on betting the other side because he's just going to continue to take shots, maybe turn the ball over. I don't know. How, how do you potentially play, you know, his, his consistent aggression? Yeah. It works both ways where, uh, it's exactly as you outlined. Like the aggression could be great. It could also be the worst thing that possibly happens if you're taking the other side. Uh, I think like I, I bet the Bills, you know, alt uh, in like the fourth quarter, basically saying like, all right, they got a maybe it's the third quarter. Like they have a touchdown lead, but like this can easily expand uh, to you know two or three scores. And really, how I like to do it is player props, which is like especially when uh, like Gabe Davis is going to be the guy he's going to be taking those deep shots too, uh, or or even. Uh, you know, like the tight ends, I think uh, if you're looking like mid game for props, uh, they were basically just seeming like Josh Allen's not going to throw the ball very much. Uh, I think that's the way to attack it, which is like, you basically get the upside of, Oh, I see actually like this is Allen's tendency. He's just going to chuck it deep. And like, I know who it's going to, I'll take Gabe Davis overs uh, instead of kind of introducing that other variance of just like, all right, I don't know if he's, you know, turning it over or throwing a touchdown. It could go either way. Uh, but I think props is really the angle to, especially for Josh Allen to 
Very quick follow-up real quick on the same thing. So the Bills were dead last in 12 personnel rate in the NFL last year, like by a distant margin. I think they were first or second in the NFL this week one. Obviously, use a first-round pick on Dalton Kincaid. Maybe the market hasn't responded there yet. You can get some value on him or Dawson Knox. Or maybe there's actually value tied into James Cook because maybe they'll start running out of some of those 12 personnel looks. So I don't know, just something to keep an eye on that stuck out in a, a massive swing in their usage of that personnel. It's it's an yeah. interesting point, even I'd have to say on the effectiveness of the offense. Like it's a very different style. That's also something to to monitor. I wonder if they will manage to get him to be a little bit more conservative, Josh Allen, that is. Um, but uh they definitely didn't look like they knew what they were doing quite yet with that offense. Um, I think they played two tight ends a pretty significant amount. Um, and the uh the Jets matched that with nickel basically saying, hey, we think you're playing, you know, uh, Dalton Kincaid as a wide receiver. They basically were. And, you know, that they weren't really able to run out of that in the way that you would expect, right? Like if, a, you know, if you do that to San Francisco, for example, right? If you match their heavy personnel with nickel, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get your, your teeth beaten in. Um, so I, I think it is interesting. Um, the other one that, that I think is uh, – it is an interesting game to look at is this, uh, this Seahawks and, and lions game. Um, it is one of the, the higher total games. Uh, I think you might see the, the Seahawks get off to a slow start once again, but this is to your point about kind of playing for their lives here, going down Oh two with the Rams going one and Oh, the Niners, uh, are, are a dominant team. It looks like, um, I don't think that Pete Carroll is going to have a team that just gives up. That's just not my read on it. So I think that's an interesting one where you could trade some variants. But if the Seahawks come out and are guns blazing, I would also expect the Lions to be able to figure it out and come back just looking at, you know, what the Seahawks are dealing with from an offensive line perspective uh, and the fact that, you know, I think we believe pretty pretty strongly in that offense. Um, so that's one game that, that kind of caught my eye. The Jacksonville and Kansas City game is an obvious one. I think it's got the highest total out there. We've talked about betting Kansas City, you know, live countless times. Um, but uh, I'm kind of hoping that Kansas City comes out and they drop a couple of passes early on and people crap themselves. And, uh, you know, that presents some opportunities for Kansas City as well. Yeah. So. Didn't, didn't work last week, but that's almost a guarantee that uh, if we get it again, it's, it's going to hit. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that exactly, I think, is the reason, um, you know, people – you you uh, you trust the process in that situation. Um, I don't think Darius Tony is going to drop three straight passes because they won't give him a chance to. Like he drops one this time. If he drops one, you got to put him in the blue tent. You got to go. Yeah, we think we think he might have a concussion. We got to get him out of here and uh, and get him checked out. Um, all right, you guys ready to get to some locks? Let's do it. All right, locks of the week. So last week um, we we came we came close to having a very good week. Um, there were a couple that, uh, that didn't quite go our way. Um, we did hit our biggest one, which was the Josh Dobbs under 210 passing yards, 210 and a half passing yards. Uh, it turned out it wasn't even uh, close. That was no sweat. Um, no sweat one. Uh, the other ones, I'm pulling them up right now. Uh, let's see. We had Seahawks and Rams. That obviously did not hit Seahawks minus five and a half. That was probably our biggest miss um, of the uh, – of the group here. We did give out Raiders minus two and a half at plus 200. Now the Raiders obviously covered. So hopefully you played a cover as well. If you were following along, 
Uh, teaser did not come through. We had the Jets, who obviously did uh, cover their teaser. I think we discussed the Browns, ended up siding with the, the Steelers. Um, and then Vikings Bucks over 45 and a half did not come through. Um, although I think if you watch that game, uh, there's some reason uh, why the scoring was a little muted. Uh, but we're going to continue to trust the process. We have been uh, plus EV on locks. We were all of last year. So uh, we need to turn it around a little bit um, this week. Maybe we won't choose six. Who knows? Um, but uh, why don't we get started with um, you, Judah, and your first uh, lock submission? Yeah, uh, I got to go with the, with the Dolphins here. Uh, I'm going to play an alt line again. I just, I really love it. Minus five and a half. I got it at plus 150. I, I just like, we can't be discounting the the Dolphins for what their offense is right now. You can talk about Bill Belichick all you want. I think the Lions, uh, the Dolphins have actually won all of two starts against the uh, the Patriots. Uh, you can fact check me on that. But uh, this is just, it, it's a complete mismatch if they're playing uh, playing man as the Patriots like to do. Uh, and I want to fade the fact that like the Patriots defense got any better. And like we saw the offense isn't particularly good. I want to buy into Fangio defenses later in the season. Granted, I don't know if that's going to come in week two or week six, uh, but I don't think they're going to be as bad uh, as they were in week one. I think that was more a product of the Chargers. I'm looking to feed basically all of those angles. The Dolphins defense isn't that bad. The Patriots defense isn't that good. Uh, but I will say that the sample we have of last year and this year of the Dolphins offense being awesome is stable. And as long as Tua Tango is quarterback, I think this, this spread is just off. And that one currently is at, uh, what are we at right now? At three? Dolphins yeah. are about yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, normal spread three. He want uh, Judas said the all minus five and a half though, right? Yeah, My, minus five and a half plus one fifty. We'll we'll include ROI and not just record in our uh, yeah. in our True. case this year. Yeah, yeah, we do need to include the units there for sure. Um, yeah, so another one that we uh, already talked about on Sunday. Uh, but I still love it, even with some injuries. We're talking about the, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I mentioned Christian Watson. Also not sure if Aaron Jones plays in this game either. Uh, came up with a hamstring on a touchdown. And I, I kind of tend to believe he's not going to play. I don't care. Uh, so I like Green Bay minus one here at Atlanta. For a couple reasons here, I think this is going to be probably the fewest snaps played by both offenses in the NFL this week. I mentioned it last week with Baltimore versus Houston. An easy under for us that, that really was never in threat. And Green Bay and Atlanta were near the bottom of the entire NFL in plays, you know, snaps per per second or whatever, seconds between snaps per game. I'm probably saying that wrong. Nevertheless, they, they're a slow pace of play teams. Um, I think Jair Alexander is going to lock down the only wide receiver on the Atlanta Falcons roster who had one target last week in Drake London. I don't love Quay Walker being out. I think he's a big factor here. But the last big thing for me is – I think Devontae Wyatt, the first-round pick for Green Bay, has arrived. He was awesome against Chicago. Yes, a bad offensive line, but him and Kenny Clark on the interior, Rashawn Gary back, Lucas Van Ness looked good, um, Kings Yannick Barre, they have dudes, and I think they are going to control the line of scrimmage in this game again. I know Arjun and I had a back-and-forth on Sunday about the Falcons getting pressure. I went back and looked when it was a game within one score in the first three quarters. They had no pressure. They got all those pressures on Bryce Young when the Panthers were down two touchdowns trying to throw the football to Adam Thielen and, and Judah Fortgang, you know, late in the game. So um, I, I love Green Bay Packers my, minus one here. Could be a shifty slot uh, receiver. I like it. I, I believe it. Um, I'm a big fan, of, big fan of that one. The So first off, the Carolina Panthers looked – atrocious really really bad and desmond ritter you know 
with the exception of basically Bryce Young and Justin Fields, was as bad of a quarterback performance as we saw. Um, low 50s grade, it was not good. Um, we continue to see uh, Arthur Smith not use their weapons uh, to the, the best of their abilities. And then you looked at what, you know, to your point, let's say they do try and get Drake London involved. Um, Jair Alexander put the clamps down, the absolute clamps down um, in, uh, in their game on Sunday against DJ Moore and the, uh, and the Chicago Bears. Didn't have to do much against Chase Claypool, Brad, because he, he gave about as much effort as you did um, with your, you know, watching the game while eating dip. Uh, so <laughs> actually, I might argue you made more of an effort. You had to I overcome. I, yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say, I think I may have put more effort into my crab dip than uh, Chase Claypool did in blocking on Sunday. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think you might have had to. Um, okay, mine is is an oldie. So we need to get back on the shine here. We had good good success with our player prop um, that we put in the locks last week. We put it made it a one and a half unit um, unit bet there. And so I, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling good um, about this this uh, this player prop here. It's it's going back to one of our locks from the playoffs it was an absolutely stone cold like easy no doubt about it um and this is a hawk lock this is tj lockinson uh and our minnesota vikings so a couple of things here the the minnesota vikings open seven and a half uh, underdogs it's now six and a half don't like that line anymore can see why it's gotten down to six and a half. a lot of injuries for the eagles those injuries are in the secondary. They're going to have to allocate more resources to the secondary to stop who? Justin Jefferson. But the Eagles also have a very strong pass rush, as we've talked about, with Jalen Carter up front. Um, I want to share this great um, uh, screenshot that our friend Arjun, who's on the Sunday podcast, um, uh, shared with us. And that is this over here. So um, I'm going to bring this up. But what you can see here, these are the, um, the linebackers for the Eagles. Um, and this is their cumulative coverage over expected over the past four years. Uh, and you can see that it is not very good. Um, it is not something that you should be extremely excited about. Meanwhile, you've got Jalen Carter causing havoc up front. What are you going to have to do? You're going to have to throw the ball to TJ Hawkinson. So I like his over. I think it's a 49 and a half. I also like betting some alts there. I'm curious from your guys' perspective, and I'm, I'm going to look and see what there's uh, up there right now. Um, but you can get, yeah, so you can get over 50 at minus 114. You can get over 60 at plus 140, over 70 at plus 205, over 80 at plus 310. I don't know how um, much you guys want to go here, but I feel really good um, about this one. TJ Hawkinson um, has been an incredibly uh, solid um, tight end, if not top five tight end. Um, and, uh, and he's gotten a ton of targets from, uh, from Kirk cousins. Uh, he's ranks, he ranks fourth this year. I think he was fourth last year. Um, I can pull it up here. Uh, let's see. He was uh 10th last year. Yeah, no, I love it because also another injury I forgot to mention too was safety Reed Blankenship. So N'Kobe Dean not there, Reed Blankenship not there. You're, you're looking at the linebackers who are run defenders. They were signed to be run defenders. They are not coverage players. He might have his yards after the catch might beat that prop, not just his yards uh, receiving. Yeah, uh, I was I was going to mention Blankenship. Uh, I, I'm mixing segments here. I can't believe I forgot. I would love a Hawkinson uh, Madison under Hawkinson over Madison under. 
uh, and maybe sprinkle like the, the Vikings covering or winning, basically just saying like, they're going to pass a lot. They know the weaknesses uh, they have on their interior going up against the Eagles interior. I don't expect the, the Vikings to run very much at all. I think it can be an extreme volume passing game. And that's exactly how you get a Hawkinson hundred yard game, which is like he gets 10 targets because the Vikings throw 40 times and run 15. Uh, that's the sort of way. And like, especially if he breaks off big runs, we've seen him do that in the past. I think he got to like 180 last year uh, when he like strung together two really long, uh, really long catches. Uh, that's an SGP I will certainly be playing. Uh, and and I yeah. definitely love those goals. A hundred plus yards is six plus six forty. I'm not sure that is the lock we go with, but we are counting units yeah, I mean, here. Not a, so. not a lock, just you know, as we're the, the discussion uh, that uh, you know it, it definitely spurred a thought of a uh, an SGP. Yeah. Okay. That was uh that was mine. I think that's my favorite one. So I, I got the best one out of the way there. Um, Judah, you're up next. Yeah, I was about to give. Uh, one that I saw right before we, we recorded this podcast, which I thought was egregiously mispriced, uh, which was Trevor Lawrence, 250 passing yards at minus 105. That has since moved to minus 160. So I feel like I got I to gotta pivot now. Uh, though I that, that was a really, really, really bad uh, prop in, uh, in my view. Uh, I'm going to go whew, uh, hold the nose here, but... I actually had the Bears. Uh, my numbers had the Bears as a pretty good offense. Uh, top 10, believe it or not, actually is a more effective offense than the Green Bay Packers. Um, uh, conversely, the Bucs were one of the worst. Uh, that that was one of the most misleading scores. Uh, I had them about 10 points. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the nose. Three is just too much uh, for, for a Bears-Bucs game. If anything, I was actually encouraged by the Bears' performance, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, I anticipate this run game being one of the best in the NFL. I think they're going to lean on that. We didn't get any of the the crazy fields, explosive runs. Uh, all it takes is a couple, but these, it is such a big discrepancy in my numbers. And I think it's a, a really an oversell on both sides because of the results and not about the actual process of, of how well those teams played fundamentally. You got to hold the nose and you got to, you got to take the three uh, with the bears here. Love it real quick. What did you say? The Lawrence prop you liked was before it moved. Two- 250 minus one. Yeah. Yeah. DraftKings is now 255 and a half is minus 115 to the over. So it's definitely moving uh, there. So George, you mentioned getting back to basics doing, you know, what we love to do. Uh, And in that vein, I got our first teaser uh, of the conversation here. So yeah, you knew it was coming. So uh, the bills moved off of nine and a half on DraftKings are now minus eight and a half hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. And your San Francisco 49ers are now minus seven and a half, also on DraftKings. Look, I mean, Buffalo is going up against from maybe top five defense in the NFL, the New York Jets, to, you know, still, look, they played pretty well in week one, but it's it's Russell Wilson uh, and a bunch of injured wide receivers, and Greg Dolchers got hurt in that game as well, uh, a bad offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to bounce back there. They'll cover a field goal. And then, look, the Rams were the surprise of week one. I'm no longer going to be disrespectful to the Los Los Angeles Rams. But the Seattle Seahawks pass rush and the Niners pass rush are in two different stratospheres. Uh, And and I think they're just going to be all over Matthew Stafford, be ready to play for this game. And also on offense, literally just block double Aaron Donald and then just run the ball for eight yards a clip, no matter where else you run the ball. Uh, I I think it's going to be pretty ugly, frankly. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And 
the difference, I mean, the difference between the Seahawks pass rush and the Niners pass rush is like, it's like, it's like Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Like it's just, it's totally, it's a different game. You're watching a totally different game. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a very, very good point. Okay. My next one is uh, it's continuing a theme. And this is something that we're going to try and do in our, in our circa uh, millions. We went three and two. I felt like we got kind of shafted there that the Tennessee Titans should have lost by 20 uh, in that game. It's kind of ridiculous, but nonetheless, the Cleveland Browns. Now we did not take the Cleveland Browns in our, uh, in our circa millions. I did take them um, in my other, my other entry. And uh, obviously was very happy about it, but let's take a look here at the matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think everyone is saying, look, the, you know, the, the Browns got a win. They were an underdog. They, you know, maybe feel like they should have got, uh, they got a little lucky there, whatever it might be. Um, and the Steelers don't want to go down 0-2. Now, certainly the Steelers are going to come out and they're going to play their butts off. But I'm not sure that's going to help. <laughs> and here's why. Miles Garrett and Zedarius Smith are ridiculous. I mean, they, they're amazing. And they destroyed the, um, you know, decrepit, Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Look at this offensive line. You're telling me that this offensive line is going to do better. Kenny Pickett looked completely lost in that game. They lost Deontay Johnson, right? You don't see Deontay Johnson on here. So it's going to be George Pickens getting contested throws all game long. I get that this is in Pittsburgh. I get that it's on Monday night. Um, All of those things I'm sure are some kind of trend here or there or somewhere else. And I just think at the end of the day, like this Pittsburgh offense is not very good. And the Cleveland Browns are a pretty solid team, especially defensively. I think offensively, the big worry, of course, is going to be TJ Watt over here on the right side. But I think they're able to just do exactly what the 49ers did. The 49ers pass blocking, people think that they just dominated from a from an offensive line perspective. They did not. The 49ers had, I think, a bottom six PFF pass block grade and still dominated that game. So I love the Browns as PFF Greenline does here. By the way, go get yourself a PFF Plus subscription, $20 off with uh, promo code DOMINATE uh, and get yourself access to PFF Greenline. Cleveland minus two and a half uh, in Pittsburgh on Monday night. What do you guys think about that one, by the way? Are you, are you worried about TJ Watt? Do you like our Browns? I... I, I love the Browns defense, and I think this is a huge mismatch with the, the Pittsburgh offense, especially without Deontay Johnson. Uh, I mean, like, I just don't know who's going to get open, especially against this pass rush. I, I can't I can't buy Watson right now. I need to see one good game. But two and a half is such a low it, – it's such a low spread that I'm fine taking the two and a half there. And, like, I mean, of the things I'm most certain of, up there has got to be that the Browns defense is going to stifle this uh, Pittsburgh offense. All right, uh, Judy, you're up next. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Vegas. Uh, nine and a half is not not a real not a real spread to me. I'll go plus seven and a half uh, at, at 108. I might as well stay on on the right side of seven. And I don't think that the difference between seven, eight, and nine is so huge. And I think this gets to everything we've talked about. The the Raiders. I love being able to kind of source where I disagree with the market. Uh, right now, I think it's still pressing in the Bills defense of the first half of 2022. The Raiders are at 17 and a half point total. 
I, maybe I should make that my lock of the week, actually. There's no over Raiders over 17 and a half. Um, but I like I like the defensive side also. Um, it's just this this Vegas team was a top 10 offense by my numbers last year. As said, as I've said, I think like four or five times now, this is just as good of an offense, if not better. They've got Devontae Adams, they've got Jacoby Myers, they've got Hunter Renfro. The Bills defense is not particularly good. Uh, 17 and a half is, is way too low. And and I mean, the Bills offense is not the 28 point team that we've seen in the past. I mean, like how many games are we going to, to need of, of Josh Allen struggling, making bonehead decisions? They still lack secondary weapons. Uh, yeah, the Vegas defense isn't great, but I don't think that really matters if, if Allen's not playing to the MVP caliber quarterback that he is. And like, quite frankly, I'm starting to think that like Brian Dable, losing Brian Dable, which is like something that happened a long time ago, is actually more meaningful than we think. And like, we're like, okay, like the meaningful sample was the past couple of years, but I'm starting to believe that like Josh Allen might not be that good. Uh, like I, wow. I, should, I should rephrase, I should rephrase, I should rephrase. He might not be elite. He might just be good. And that's a egregious mispricing on both sides, if that's true. No, that's fair. I definitely like the uh, angle of fading the Bills defense. Sorry to cut you off, George. That I'm, I'm all aboard on. I just don't think they're as good a unit as people seem to think they are. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, the, the one question I had there was on Jacoby Myers. Um, is he going to play? He took a, an awful hit um in that game is he is he gonna play i doubt it yeah that was that was a nasty concussion i'd be surprised if he plays yeah that was that was honestly really scary um all right brad you're up so i'm out of i'm out of picks here one thing i'm keeping an eye on though uh is potentially an alternate over uh touchdown passes for justin herbert uh the over one and a half the only line out there is minus 155 or minus 160 depending on where you're looking I would guess, Judah, correct me if I'm wrong here, an over two and a half might be like plus 125 range, plus 120 range. Uh, higher? Oh, higher? There you I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. Beautiful. So look at that. Even better value than I thought. So um, while, while Judah looks that up, you know, I, I've talked about Tennessee before. 155. Uh, 155. Beautiful. Two, I love two, this play. 255 for over two and a half yeah. touchdowns? I don't know what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know why I thought it was so low. Uh, okay. Then, it's, then, then I love it. Uh, where, where are you seeing that? I'm seeing this on Caesars. Beautiful. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I talked about um, in, in an article that I put out for some props for week one, we had Chris Olave over 24 and a half for his longest reception. It was 45. It was an easy W there. I think he had three catches or two catches and one that was close. Um, the Titans secondary is awful. And then we saw with the Chargers last week, Rashawn Slater gave up a goose egg of pressures to Bradley Chubb. He looks like Rashawn Slater again. Trey Pipkins looks good. Um, you know, a lot of their guys uh, are, are looking. It's looking like a pretty good offensive line in front of Justin Herbert for the first time in a while. So, yeah, I just think it's simply too low. Uh, he's going to have time. He's going to be attacking bad cornerbacks. I think he's going to go nuclear. I do like that. Um, I have one more. You thought – that we were going to get through an entire podcast and not talk about Patrick Mahomes. Here's the, here's my big takeaway from week one. Patrick Mahomes is underrated. He's better than anyone has imagined. He is, he is better than anyone thought he was. The performance that he put on with the group of players that he was with was, I thought absolutely tremendous. And I don't have this queued up. I don't have this, um, this graph queued up. It's one of my favorites. Judah, you tweeted it out. It shows Patrick Mahomes' sack rate on true scrambles. I think it's like it's true zero or whatever it is. Um, yeah, he, he does not take sacks even when he is under pressure uh, and scrambling. It is absolutely amazing. He was so in control of that game against the Detroit Lions. 
uh, despite the fact that literally his team was like crapping itself all around him. This is a huge game over two and a half touchdowns. He had two in the first half against the lions with that group of receivers. Brad, you tell me if, uh, if uh, Travis Swift, Kelsey is going to, to, you know, be out once again, but after you make the news for supposedly undercover dating Taylor Swift, you better get out on the field. Okay. That's, that you're retiring or playing football. Like those are your options. You don't play this week. You got to retire. Um, and uh, he's going to want to silence the uh, the critics there. I have a vision of Travis Kelsey getting into the end zone and doing that, um, that awful Taylor Swift dance that she did um, that went viral because it's like the worst thing that you've ever seen. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that over two and a half. It's still plus money. Go get it now. Plus one, one twenty-five. I'm seeing. Um, I, I'm not going to be phased by the fact that, uh, Kadarius Tony dropped his way uh, to an under last week. There is a blank space in the Jaguars defense, and that is over the middle with Rayshon Jenkins yes. earning like a 35 grade in week one and Trey Herndon in the slot corner, not a great player. Uh, yes, that was the worst Taylor Swift joke of all time, but I ripped it. <laughs> the So I actually didn't even mention that. I was so caught up in the, in the Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, <laughs> the um, So the the linebackers for the Jacksonville Jaguars both ranked in the bottom five in covering tight ends last year, uh, Aluakon and Devin Lloyd. They were awful. We capitalized on this in uh, in the playoffs last year. We bet Travis Kelsey's over. It was a lock. He had, I think, 13 receptions uh, yeah. in that game. Um, so this is like not something that they've supposedly that they've figured out, right? Um, it, it's just it, it's not the case. Uh, and they're going from playing. Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts to playing Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is something that um, I should go actually study, which is the impact of going from playing like no football against anyone to playing a really bad team to then playing a good team and vice versa. Like, I think we're going to learn about that with, um, you know, potentially the the Rams uh, going from the Seahawks to playing uh, the 49ers. Um and uh, and potentially the, the Raiders maybe as well, though I think to Judah's point, they're a little more real. Um, and the, the Colts, certainly not a good team. It'll be a rude awakening for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, okay. I don't think we should necessarily go with a six-pack, um, but I do like where we're at. I want us to trust the process. Uh, start with you, Brad. What are your, what are your favorites of the, of the group? I think we roll back with the alt. Uh, didn't work for us last week, even though the Raiders did win the game. So that was a frustrating one. Um, but I think we're, we're consensus on Miami this week. And I like, you know, getting that juice up to plus 150 on the minus five and a half. I like that bet. Okay. Like Judah, what, where's your head at? Yeah. Uh, I got to go with Brad's uh, Herbert three touchdowns, uh, 255. Had just bet it myself. Went on to Caesars. And I will also say, I've been pay- monitoring the chat. I want to. Well, I think we got Daniel and Andrew both telling us that Trevor Lawrence props at bet 365 is 245 and that a fan duel is 247. So I just want to throw that out there as, as back in play uh, for, for contention of lock of the week. Well, though I will say as I, as I personally bet three seconds ago, I'm going with uh, the Herbert. I love it. I realized I reminded myself that I can show um, commentary from the chat. This is going to be huge for Sunday night. Now I'm excited, but I'm starting to remember what StreamYard can do. Um, get people involved here. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, you know, you guys are both nice. You you gave each other's bets out. 
I just absolutely love, love TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I just, I love it. Um, they, they can't run the ball. They have to throw the ball. Um, like, I think Justin Jefferson should eat here, but like, you know, you have to stop Justin Jefferson. So I like Hawkinson. Um, I think we should give something out that's, that's makes sense. Um, so like, I will personally be betting some kind of ladder, some kind of SGP here. What do you guys think makes sense to give out uh, if we're considering it as a lock of the week? Like whatever the even the closest to even money is for him? Because I think is is one step up. Is, what about one yeah. step up on the alt? It's like what was the 60 instead of the 50? Uh, let me go find for you here. Um, I think over 60 was plus 140. Um, I'll find it. It was 140. Yeah, plus 140. So over 60 yards for TJ Hawkinson. I love it. Thank okay. you. Um, any others that you think we should consider or or throw out here? Only last one is the teaser uh, that I really, really like. And that was – remind me of what that was again. Bills down to two and a half. Niners down to one and a half. I know Judah had some Raiders love, so maybe not there. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely concerned about the Bills. I will. Fair enough. Fair enough. What do we, we don't need to go six? Like you said, six pack was aggressive. No. What do we have? Four bets now or three? We got three. Herbert yeah. Dolphins. I think, I think we can we can narrow to like uh, maybe one alt and one of these uh, you know more even money type. I'll I'll include Hawkinson as an even money type play because I think that's probably where the prop should be. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so, so we are we trying to zone in on two? Then is that the idea? Yeah. What do you, What do you guys think Sorry. of the the hawk the hawk Herbert combo? And Herbert, I love it. We're not going to bet any games. We're just we're just prop guys. I'm I'm down with it. <laughs> all prop guys, come on. What's better than that? Just all prop guys and an alt spread potentially. Uh, only other one I can think of. What else? We had Packers was it was mentioned. What else do we even yeah. bring up? I do really uh, like the the Packers. I, I liked, I honestly liked all of the ones. I you know I, I like the Browns. Um, Packers is interesting. So Packers right now um, are minus one. I think minus one and a half. Um, yeah, minus one on DraftKings. Yeah, low total. Um, thought Jordan Love looked okay. Uh, to be yeah, honest with you, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We're not having last week. Trust the process. I'm feeling <laughs> kind of being aggressive once again. I don't know. Yeah, me too. Um, if I'm being honest, <laughs> Judah doesn't like it, but I like. I know. I can't. I I obviously got to be on board with someone being aggressive. I mean, yeah. that's that's the end here. Yeah. How that's do you bounce back from a six pack with a six pack, right? <laughs> <laughs> Heaven help us. This is this is how it all ends. This yeah. What are the odds that we're getting this over three touchdown uh, Herbert thing at? 255. Wow. Is it over two and a half or over three? The two and a half. Three plus is yeah. 255. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just confused at over three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's okay. – I love I love that. I said, was it 215, 225? Yeah. Yeah, they were they were efficient last week. Um, okay, so let's go, let's go Hawkinson, 60-plus. Uh, Herbert three plus. Um, 
the the alt spread was remind me of that one again. Miami minus five and a half plus one fifty. Miami minus one and a half plus one fifty. We've got a Bears, uh, sorry, not Bears, um, a Niners and uh, Bills teaser. That's the one you brought up, right? It is, it is. Judah doesn't love it, and if Judah doesn't love it, then that's then I don't yeah. love it. But that is the te- teaser that was mentioned. The teaser did not do well last last week for us, so maybe we need to have something that's yeah. a little more uh, that we feel a little more confident. Yeah, in. let's get back uh, to basics. Just bet on one. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, what's more basic than alt props? Exactly. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> totally true. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're we just doing props. Is that what we're doing? Guess no, no. So we got Hawkinson, Herbert, Dolphins, and what else? Is that oh, yeah, the Dolphins all. Yeah, Dolphins all. Should we put Holmes in there? Yeah, what was it, two and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You got to love the Holmes. Let's go four pack. Four pack. We're, we're, we're Step tall down. boys. We're, we're tall boys, right? That's, Enough to yeah. recover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, that was the that was incredible. Uh, it, Daniel really loves Green Bay minus one. I'm with we'll, you, Daniel. We'll, Daniel, what do you think about that one, Judah? What's your? I like it. I mean, like, I, I prefer the live play here, but I think that like the Falcons are like 75 of Green Bay, right? Like Green Bay's got a better run game, better passing game. But they're the same style of team of just like slow. We're going to try and win in the trenches, and their defense is better too. It's, yeah, I, I'm with you. I like Green Bay uh, as well. For Daniel, because Daniel was a champion uh, and hung out with us live, we'll, we'll put Green Bay minus one in there. Um, the official uh, printing press play from the group. So we, we've learned our lesson. Instead of six, we're going with five. Uh, this is great. It's week two. Um, super excited. Thank you all for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, and of course, the Rashid Shahid alt overs. We can't forget those. You got the name um, right. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've been, I'm not. I don't mess up multiple times. You know, it's um, I learn from my mistakes. Uh, I'm sure I did manage to forget like um, uh, an ad read here somewhere, but you guys uh, managed to get through an hour and 13 minutes. So I'm not going to bore you with that anymore. Appreciate you all. We'll be back on Sunday night live after Sunday night football. Uh, to go over the week three lines and talk about week two. It'll be a lot of fun. See y'all. Peace.